Hello! Oh, I get so excited every time I hit record. <laughs> Welcome to the Change With Him Real Robert Deans podcast. Today's question is, are you in need? Uh, well, we all are. So actually, that's not the question. Let's change it. What are you in need of? Are you in need of some surgery? I've had two surgeries in my lifetime, and it was interesting because recently my daughter was asking if I have. She knows I've had my boobs done, and where she sees my boobs all the time. It's just her and I, and she's a girl. She used to suck on them for two and a half years to be exact. And <laughs> so she's, she's seen them. She's very familiar with what they look like. And uh, she asks about surgery and why I had surgery. And I told her I didn't like the way they looked and described to her what we think about how we look affects how we feel. And all of that was being affected. I told her I was, she knows I was married. She doesn't know to who because I was married before her dad. Married and divorced and then met her dad. But I told her the person I was married to before your dad, I just didn't feel like I was ever pretty enough for him. I didn't feel like um, I didn't like my body and I wanted to change it. And there are things that you can do to change your body. But now... I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it again. And she's, she's seen the scar. She's touched the scar. And it was interesting because dropping her off on the way to school this morning, the song that was playing on family life radio was scars. Uh, it's such a beautiful song. So many worship songs. That's all we listen to bring me to tears. And it's talking about the scars in Jesus's hands as he died for us, as he sacrificed his life for us so that we could live forever with him. And so gorgeous, gorgeous song called Scars. And it got me thinking about scars and it got me thinking about the things that cause scars. And as I was reading uh, this morning about the Bible, it was talking about the power of words and speaking life-changing words. And that's where I was at. I wanted to change my life in the first relationship, marriage with a narcissist, and then in the relationship with my daughter's dad, who is a different kind of narcissist. I realized that God was giving me opportunities through it all to get closer to him, to be closer to him, and to let him in. And if it weren't for those relationships and experiences that I had in them, I would have continued living with these words that I didn't need God or what's the point, or I'm not going to be a Bible thumper, like crazy church person, like my mom, like the boring, no, I've, I've, I want to go live life. And I realized that God speaks life-giving words to us and, and life-changing words uh, the words of Jesus completely changed my life. And Nikki, the leader of Alpha, him and his wife, Pippa, they're so amazing. He says this as well when he was 18 years old, that the words of Jesus totally changed his life and talks about the power of word and the power of the gospel. And the gospel literally means good news. Well, we share the news through words and it's life changing. Um, but this, that's actually not what got my attention. What got my attention was the first thing that I read. <sighs> words matter. Your words matter. My words matter. Our words matter. How we speak to others and how we speak to ourselves and how we speak to, to each other. 
the, what we're speaking to our words. Like sometimes we can have a thought and then we can have a thought after a thought and think, oh, my God, that thought is so stupid. What's wrong with me? And, and then it always circles back around. And then that has this energy of, of stupidity. And I don't know if you've ever been made to feel stupid. <laughs> you've ever been in a narcissistic relationship and they use their your words against you and their words against you. And I remember vividly hearing the narcissist say, my words are like a surgeon. And and in one of our arguments or conversations in an effort to understand why, you know, because they always say sorry, but it's never an actual, true, genuine apology because it's never followed by change behavior. The re behavior remains and the words remain as well. Like everything stays the same. That's why they say they never change because they don't. The behavior doesn't change. The words never change. Yes, the words, sorry, I get it. I know I hurt you. I didn't mean to. I love you. Like they're just blah words to them. They have no significance and no meaning. And they know, they know that they're using their words as a weapon and they're using their words like, like a surgery. <clears throat> the second narcissist used to say that I know I'm a surgeon with my words. And I'm like, what? Well, I don't get it. What does that mean? You're a surgeon with your words, huh? And then like we do when we're in those kinds of relationships, I was lying in bed fully wide awake one night and thinking about those, those words came back to my consciousness. Those words came back I'm a surgeon with my words. And it made so much sense. It made perfect sense. I felt like the words that he used towards me, to me, against me, they cut me open. And I, I, they really did. They cut me open. I was wounded and I was bleeding. And from my own wounds and my own openness and, and pain, I... I wanted him to feel the same. So I would try and overpower and, and say even more hurtful, more painful things so that he could just get a little glimpse or an ounce of how much pain I was in with his words. And it became this game that we got caught in. And I realized that we're, we were surgeons with our words. And if you think about what a surgeon does, a surgeon cuts open, like when I got my boobs done, tried to pick the best surgeon because I didn't want him to look floppy or lop, lopsided. Like that would be weird. Why would you pay that $5,000 to have lopsided boobs? I was not, not down for that. So I, I found the best surgeon and narcissists really can be seen as the best surgeons because they can cut with your words. But if you think about it, what a surgeon does is they cut you open. They do something. They can either add something in this case, they added implants and then they also can seal you up, close it shut that very cut that they created. So a surgeon's job isn't to just like stab you and cut you open. They can also restore and heal and stitch up. I mean, no narcissist is going to go that far to, to stitch you back up and, and, allow you to heal. They are just in it for the jab. They're just in it to cut you open. So I think that shows the power of words. If you're a surgeon with your words, a surgeon can cut open, but a surgeon can also stitch up and seal and heal. And, and this concept came to mind. I'm like, Ooh, that's interesting. So the introduction to, I think it was how to use your words for good. 
in the Alpha Bible in a year. It says, your words matter. However, what matters most is not the number of words you speak, but the kinds of words in which you choose and the purpose for which you use them. The Apostle Paul, or sorry, James, not Paul. The Apostle James tells us that although the tongue is small, a small part of the body, it's extremely powerful. That's James 3, 5. And the passages today that they go into, they say, we see how your words can be used, just as the Apostle James describes, for good or evil. Each day, you have a great potential to either build or destroy. And I was thinking about that. The the narcissist always uses their words to destroy. But just like the surgeon, they say, I'm a surgeon with my words. We can be our own surgeon with our words. God and Jesus can be the surgeon, but not the kind that cuts us open, the kind that, that stitches and seals and heals, depending on the words that we use, because words carry a frequency, words carry energy. And that's why every day I start my day by getting into the word of God, even if it's just reading one line, or even if it's just walking by my dresser, I've I've got these words and the title are God's truth about me. And I'm going to read some of the verses and they're short, they're sweet, they're simple, they're easy. But I was thinking about this. If we've been cut open by a narcissist's words, we can become our own surgeon. We can allow God, Jesus to be our surgeon, but the kind that restores us and and stitches us up and puts us back together. And when thinking about the boob job, the breast augmentation, if you want to get formal and technical, (laughs) I was cut open. Something was put inside of me and, and then I was, I was closed up. Right. So that thing, the boobs, the fake boobs, they're still living within me and they're still, they're part of me now, even though they're not, they're not of me, but they're part of me. And the same can be true with other types of surgery. You can go get a surgery to get things removed and taken out, or you can have surgery to have things put in. And this phrase came to mind, garbage in, garbage out. And, and we we can create garbage with our words. It's, it's a reflection of what is stored or put in our heart. And I know I've had a bunch of crap, so much crap in my heart, like stored up. And that's where it made sense that the narcissist is a surgeon with their words. And so they've got a bunch of crap inside, garbage in, garbage out. They've got garbage in their heart. So that's only natural that it makes sense that garbage comes out and it comes out and it's projected out onto the people in relationship with them, regardless of what the relationship is. They have, we all have relationships with strangers, with people who are driving around us when we're driving on the road. And I like an old lady. I'm like a grandma. I do not speed. I go the speed limit. I stay in the right lane. And it's so funny to me because people get so pissed at me because I go the speed limit and they're and they like go around me. And I'm like, send you love, send you love, send you love. Like go, go. I I don't have anywhere to be in that much of a hurry that I'm willing to risk my life, others' lives, or my daughter's life because she's in the car with me a lot. So I'm like, go, go, and I'm gonna send you love. You can get mad at me all you want. That's fine. Cause I'm not mad at me. <laughs> that is you. That's a you problem. But if you think about it, people like they, they use their words, they're surging with their words. If they get mad at you because you're not going fast enough, because you're not speeding, you're choosing to not speed. And they, <laughs> 
they they yell at you, they scream at you, they like flip you off and then they cut you off. And I'm like, it's okay, I'm gonna send you words of love because I have words of love in me and for myself and for others. And that's what God tells us to do, love God and love others. It's quite simple. And I'm not gonna be someone who's a surgeon with my words. God calls us, the Bible calls us to build others up with our words, to strengthen, to empower. And that's what God's word does for us. And that's why you never ever hear narcissists from a true genuine place using their words to build up. If they do, it's so that they can, they, they get you hooked on thinking that they're changing or that they hear you or that they desire to change, but it's all lies. And once you know that, you know that and they don't change. Uh, I do believe God can change them, but I'm like, Hey, that's, I'm glad that's not my job because I don't want that job. <laughs> no, thanks. Oh God, you got a tough job. So anyways, <laughs> becoming a surgeon with your words. Understand, even if you have felt cut open by other people's words and you're you're carrying that garbage inside of you, it's time to get it out. A surgeon gets the garbage out. If you think about if you need a knee surgery or a shoulder surgery or any kind of surgery, like something inside of you has gone bad and it's full of garbage now, there are surgeons that get that out. So it's not just to put things in. It's also true, the inverse. It's used to get things out. And we can use words to get garbage out of us, especially when we're in this state of needing to change and needing restoration and needing transformation. The truth is real and the real and real is truth. And I, I've used God's words to really get into those crevices and places. It's like I did as much as I could on my own. And then I still felt like there were pieces missing. And the missing piece was really connecting with God's word and the truth about me and what he says about me and letting his words come in and seal up those internal emotional wounds and, and, use his words to stitch me up, to seal me up and to heal me. Those places that I felt like I was cut open and wounded and bleeding still. So I, I love this. I talk about this all the time, using the words of the power of the unconscious mind, because our words, our conscious words and thoughts are generated from our subconscious beliefs. And when we transform those, when we get God's word into our subconscious beliefs, and when we believe in him, when we believe that he sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross, to die, to be buried, and to rise again, and then we get to live with him for eternity and forever, the way we begin to speak changes. We begin to use our words to help heal, seal, and restore others, and bring healing, and bring light, and bring restoration. And we stop using our words like a surgeon to cut other people open, because our wounds are sealed, our wounds are healed. And from that, we, we don't have garbage in anymore because we've gotten the garbage out, just like a surgeon can take things out. And so it's, it's a powerful metaphor to understand that words can be used like a surgeon. So what kind of surgeon are you? And, and are you letting God be the surgeon, surgery of your life? There's a worship song and I, it'll come to me, uh, but it, it's something about, uh, oh, that's what it is. I know. I love when I say that. Uh, my heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again. I love that line. 
My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again. And we can do that. And he loves when we do that. Because when we run to him, when we spend time with his word, even if it's just one line, like some of the lines I'm going to share with you in a second, we experience the healing of a surgeon's hand. We experience the pain of the narcissist as that surgeon's hand. But when we go to God, to our father, to Jesus as our surgeon, our heart gets sealed up and stitched up and restored and it heals those wounds, those slices, those areas in your heart that you feel like are cut open and, and broken and wounded and oozing and bleeding, allowing Jesus to be your surgeon instead of looking at the ways that the narcissist was the surgeon, everything changes. I'm telling you, it's incredible. So I'm going to share some one-liners with you because that's where I began. It felt so overwhelming. Like, where the fuck am I supposed to begin? I don't even believe in this religion thing. And I'm grateful now that I really understand the truth that Jesus came to save us from religion and he came to have a relationship. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. He came to be our friend, our father, our redeemer, our healer, our restorer. And he uses his words to do that as a surgeon to heal our hearts. And I love one-liners because they're simple, they're easy, they're powerful, and they're effective. And when I use these, when I started speaking these and just reading them over and over and every day, and sometimes I'd read this whole list and sometimes I would just pick one. I'm like, oh, oh, thank you. And I could feel almost emotionally, energetically, spiritually, that God was stitching up the wounds in my heart, the places where the narcissist had, had placed a dagger had stuck it in and then pulled it out. And, and even like, it's like you stuck a knife in my back. So there's different areas where we carry this pain and our back. A lot of people I work with, they actually experience physical pain because of the emotional, energetic, and spiritual trauma that they've endured. And I've had this experience as well, where my back has started hurting. It was actually when I started dating someone and uh, we were we were not we we're not good for each other. Uh, but in the getting to know each other and seeing if this relationship was going to go anywhere, he started to say over and over and over again consistently, uh, and you know words of affirmation: "You're beautiful. You're incredible. I'm proud of you. I got your back. I've got your back." And after like a month and a half, my back and my back I never hurts. Like I do yoga, I run, I bike ride. Right? Like my back does not hurt ever. And it was no coincidence that in the repetition of his words and him saying, I've got your back. I support you. Anything you need, I'm here for you. My back began to fucking hurt, like excruciating lower back pain. And if you've read any of Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, she talks about that. The back is the support system. So your body will begin to physically express what you're emotionally carrying. And a moment, the moment it clicked for me, when I heard him say, I had already made the decision I didn't want to be with him, but we had a, a trip planned for my birthday. And I'm like, fuck, what do I do? And I talked to my mom. She was like, just go. You know, maybe this will be, you know, restorative and healing. And maybe you guys get to know each other. And, and if not, you you already you already know. So I would just go. I'm like, all right, fine. So we went on this trip. 
such an awkward trip because I had already made the decision that I was done. But on that trip, it it clicked. Like if I needed some reconfirmation, <laughs> I caught it. <laughs> My back was killing me. And we're talking and it's just surface level because I had already decided you're not, you're not right for me. And we're standing there and he says those words again. Well, I've got your back. And right when he said that, I'm like, oh God, like eye roll, just massive eye roll. You know, like when you're a little kid and you're on the swings and you're like, I want to see if I can get the swing to go over the top bar. Like I felt my eyes do that. <laughs> it's like my eyes rolled in my head. Like, oh geez. Um, so right when he did that, he placed his hand on the exact area of my back that I was experiencing excruciating pain and it clicked. And I was like, fuck, if he's got my back, then I'm putting my faith and my support in him having my back, not in God having my back. I don't need you to have my back, motherfucker. Like that's, those were the words I was thinking because he wasn't right for me. Like the right person, I would feel supported by that. And I would feel restored by that. I would be like, oh, thank you. I love you. But this was not the case in that relationship or situation. And it clicked. And I'm like, wow, if I, if he's got my back, no wonder it fucking hurts. Like that's my sign from God to say, no, 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 Sarah, this is not right for you. I've got your back, Sarah. You need to end this relationship. And so I did. That was the last of it. <laughs> and I'm like immediately, literally within less than two days, all the back pain went away and it's never returned. Um, that's the power of our word. That's the power because word is a direct connection to our unconscious beliefs and the unconscious beliefs we have about ourselves. And I love, love, there's nothing that brings me more satisfaction, happiness, gratefulness, joyfulness than guiding people to connect with their unconscious beliefs and transform them and change them. And they're expressed through the power of their words consciously. But as we go into that even deeper in emotionally, internally, those things change and then the words we use change and then we can have space to let in the truth of the word that God speaks over us about us and to us so I'm going to share with you these one-liners that you can start calling in over your life today these powerful words of restoration and healing using God as the surgeon for your heart and and having him be the friend to your soul there is nothing that has restored me and helped heal me at this level than having a friendship and a deep deep relationship with him and if i ever feel far from him i ask him hey dude what do you say about me and he's like, it's right there in the word. And so I've got this printed out. I want to share these one-liners with you because I'm like, whoa, thanks. Like Galatians 5.1, I am free. Like I'm free. I am motherfucking free. Like free, free, free. Like I'm, I'm free. <laughs> like he paid the price for me and I am free. I'm not property of the narcissist. I'm not property of, of these lies that I sometimes hear in my mind. And when I need reminding of who I am and I say, I am a child of God, I read Galatians 5.1. I am free. And I'm telling you, I don't have to open up my Bible and read this. There's just a, a list printed out. John 1.12. I am a child of God. And I don't know about you, but I've got a child and there's nothing I wouldn't do for my child. And there's nothing God wouldn't do for us. 
if we have a relationship with him and we allow him to be our surgeon and we allow him to be the friend of our soul. Psalm 139.14, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't give a fuck what the narcissist said about me. It's all lies. It's not truth. When I want to know the truth about me, I ask God, who do you say I am? And there's a worship song. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. And so I read, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'm like, well, what would someone who was fearfully and wonderfully made do, say, or think today? Well, <laughs> let's go, right? And all that shit leaves, all that garbage that's been, that got in, it gets out. It's like, oh, shoo, shoo, go away. Not today. Like, bye. I am chosen by God. Are you kidding me? God chose me? He knit me together in my mother's womb. He chose me. I lived in my grandmother because when a woman <laughs> has all of her eggs in her, she's she's inside the mother's womb. And my my mom told my my daughter that she said, Hey, did you know that you used to live in me? And my grand my daughter was like, huh? She said, Yeah. When your mom was inside of me, she like when obviously when my mom got pregnant with me, all of my eggs as a woman that I would ever have in my lifetime were in me when I was in my mother's womb. So my grandma said, hey, did you know that I you used to live inside of me? This is generational healing. This is generational transformation. It could also be generational trauma. But we're talking about claiming who we are in the eyes of God. I am chosen by God. Like my daughter was inside my mom. That is wild if you think about it. And out of all the eggs that could have come, out of all the times and the opportunities that I had to get pregnant, I got pregnant with my daughter. Like, you can't tell me that she isn't chosen by God. She's a child of God. And I, I read that. I am chosen by God. First Peter 2.9, I don't have to live in darkness. I have been called by God to live in his wonderful light. Jeremiah 29 11, I can trust that God's plans for me are good. Yes, they are. Everything I went through in the past with the narcissist, he has used for good and he's using this podcast to use for his glory so that I can share these stories with you. Hebrews 13 5, God will never leave me or forsake me. Romans 8 28, really famous verse, in all things, God is working for my good. Song of Psalms 1-4, his banner over me is love. I love this one. Songs 4-7, I'm beautiful. There is no flaw in me. Fuck you, narcissist. You say that I'm ugly and that no one will ever love me. I don't give a shit what you say. God loves me. And who he says I am is beautiful. He says there's no flaw in me. You know why? Because Jesus was beautiful and there's no flaw in him. And when God looks at us and we've accepted Jesus Christ into our heart as our Lord and Savior, he sees him. He sees his beauty and his glory. That's the truth. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God guards my heart and my mind. Wow. If you don't let that sink in. When you let Jesus in as your surgeon and your friend, the friend for your soul, the peace of God guards your heart and your mind. I now picture God and his peace and his son 
like standing before my heart and before my mind. And anytime someone says something that's just fucking garbage and they're trying to put, get their garbage out of them and put it into me because garbage in garbage out. I picture that like a guard standing before my heart and my mind and going, Oh, hell no. You've got the wrong location. You've got the wrong address. You're not accepting that delivery. Nope. Return to sender. I like picture it as like this package that's like wrong address, not here because first Thessalonians one, four says God loves me and has chosen me. And then Matthew six twenty five, I have nothing to worry about. God is taking care of me. So when I feel confused, when I feel conflicted, when I feel worried, I read these one liners because these are God's truth about me. Ephesians 3, 12. I don't have to be afraid of God or of talking to God. He he doesn't mind my colorful language. <laughs> he knows I'm just very passionate about this. I can approach him with freedom and confidence. I don't have to tremble in front of him like I used to tremble in front of the narcissist when I would approach him because I used to worry about what he would say and how he was going to cut me up with his words. I know when I approach God, he heals me with his words. He is a surgeon and his, his friendship is water to my soul, my thirsty soul. He's living water. And I can trust in that and believe in that and know that that is true because I don't know how to say this. Zephaniah 317, God delights in me. And that is the truth. And that's God's truth about me. And that's God's truth about you. I'm not special. I'm ordinary and I am unique. And I've been through some shit and I know that you have too. And I know how much God loves me and how much he loves you. Hebrews 13, five. Did I share this one? God will never leave me or forsake me. So if you feel that the narcissist or anyone in your life that's caused you past emotional pain has left you or forsaken you, thank God for that. And thank God for who he is and who his son Jesus is and what he's done for us because he will never leave us or forsake us. And that's the truth. And I think today, there's some people hearing this who need to let him in to be your surgeon and your friend. So I pray for that over your life. And if you haven't, but you're ready to just repeat after me, Jesus Christ, come into my life. I hear you knocking. The door is open. Come on in. Praying for you, my friend. I love you. I love you. I love you. If you want to connect even further and deeper, just go to sarahpicaro.com and you can find out more. Bye guys.